You are listening to a Trav Market Media podcast. Explore the network at travmarketmedia.com. Please subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Thank you for choosing a Trav Market Media podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello and happy rerun day Monday. These episodes released on Mondays are throwbacks to the past episodes of Travel Radio Podcast. You may even hear them mentioned as travel agent interview, as that's what the first 75, maybe, I don't know, 50 episodes were under travel agent interview. Uh, But these episodes are some of the ones that I thought were really valuable and that had great content, but that you may not want to scroll back or even be able to scroll back in your podcast player 150 or 200 episodes. So I'm going to rerun some things that I think are amazing and that the guests are worth listening to, and that could be a resource to you, the travel planner. Or even if you are a traveler listening and you want to find a travel planner or had not considered using one, you might find someone with a great knowledge base that could help you get on your next expedition, cruise, honeymoon, gal pal getaway, I don't know, whatever it is you're looking for. I hope that you find it on Travel Radio Podcast and that you, um, yeah, that you all recommend this to a friend and leave a review if you have a moment. It really helps me personally, um, as far as the podcast getting found in the search engines. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day and enjoy. Welcome to Travel Radio Podcast. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and we have a really fun program for you today. This is going to be our most musical podcast yet. I would like to welcome Chuck, Rowena, and Brian to the program. Welcome all. Hi, everybody. I'm sorry. Let me just say this is Chuck Kennedy and Rowena and Brian Vasquez. Great. So today on the podcast, I wanted to give a quick update. We had mentioned, slash, I was talking to Matt, but really I had mentioned that the listener feedback line will be up, and that number is 617-396-4539. Again, it's 617-396-4539. And the purpose of that is if you have a funny travel story, a horrible travel fail, a travel professional you would like to thank, a tour company you want to thank, or, you know, an auntie that thought she was a travel professional and then things didn't quite go right. We'd love to hear your stories. Or if you think that this podcast is bogus, you could just call us and tell us that too. We're going to leave that open for about a month, see what comes in and see if it's worth keeping up any longer. So thanks all. All right, guys. Um, we like to talk uh, gadgets on this program. And by means of introducing the theme of the podcast, Rowena. What do you like to take when you travel? Well, I guess that's more of a question for Brian because he loves to take his ukulele. And the reason that he loves to take his ukulele is because um, I always call it a little four-string thing uh, because the smallest ukulele is only approximately 21 inches. Mm. And so it's easy to carry. Uh, Wherever we go, we go to the beach, he brings an ukulele. We go camping, he brings his ukulele. No matter where you go, an ukulele is a great musical instrument to carry with you. Um, and so that's one of the reasons that we love the ukulele as much as we do. Besides the fact that it sounds good, yeah. and it's actually pretty easy to play. Yeah, I have purses bigger than that, so perfect. 
<laughs> so you could put one in your purse. Yeah, I used to play the piccolo. That thing was always in there. Shoot. <laughs> it has a little bit. It has a few more keys, but hey, who's counting? A lot heavier, too. But one of the things that we find with a lot of people that are musical or want to be musical is when they travel or go on long cruises or long trips, they can't take their... Uh, their instrument, say if it's a guitar or, or how about a cello? Piano. Yeah, piano. <laughs> yeah, piano. Yeah, they can't take those things with them. And so then many of them, um, over the course of the years that we've been teaching, uh, ukulele on the cruise ships, we have a lot of people that have picked up the ukulele. It gives them that sense of music that they love that they can play while they're traveling because it's so easy, such an easy instrument to carry. Yeah, and because there's only four strings, I imagine that it's also easy to learn. It is. It is actually fairly easy to learn. Uh, I mean, um, you just like anything. It just takes a little bit of practice, and you know, a lot of. Well, fun. with three chords, you can play a hundred songs, right? That's right. So Brian always says. Three songs you can play over a hundred. He can almost guarantee you <laughs> that with three songs you could probably play over a hundred songs. Three keys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah three, uh, three chords. Yeah. All right. Well, Chuck, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the travel industry, Chuck? For those of you that are listening, Chuck is actually the travel professional planning this ukulele cruise so chuck let's uh introduce yourself a second so people know about your background and how you got into the travel profession sure once again i'm chuck kennedy and my travel agency is on the way travel we're a um a member of the the ticket to travel group of travel agents and um yeah love ticket to travel and um and it's a it's a group of folks who all have very strong ethics and work together to make sure that all of the um, the trips we plan are are the best value for for people and really well suited for mm-hmm. for their needs and i've been um, i i joined ticket to travel back in 2007 uh, and that was after, <laughs> after kind of um, being forced out of a tech industry uh, because I kind of outgrew it <laughs> in ways that the tech industry has changed over the years. Well, I had a good long career in it and had to move on, and so I brought travel in as a uh, side business. And kind of fun certainly business. Loved it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just the best. I um, had actually never been on a cruise until that year, 2007. And since then, well, I've been on countless, like over 25 cruises. <laughs> awesome. And, um, and found it's just my favorite way to travel. Now, Chuck, by means of introducing Rowena and Brian, you met them on a cruise – and right, that's I was how on this a, connection happened. I was on a 15-day cruise from San Francisco to the Hawaiian Islands and back, and that was just a few months ago, February of 2018. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you've got all kinds of activities on on the cruise, and I was just walking around the ship, looked at my princess patter, and saw that there were ukulele class 
um, happening. And so I went in there, and the Vista Lounge was just packed with people. Mm-hmm. And they were um, – Brian was up on – on the stage and talking about if you need a, an ukulele, we've got them up here. And they ran out way before I could get one. And this was on a and princess so, cruise? On a princess cruise. This oh, was man. for Hawaii. Oh, but darn. the Vista Lounge just packed. So they had a mm. reputation already when when I met them. And uh, so that first class, I wasn't able to play along, but I kind of would do an air ukulele, and I'm <laughs> playing the chords. Um, my dad played when I was a kid, um, but I had never played. And um, and so I'm playing those chords, strumming along, and glad they weren't taking pictures that day. <laughs> But then the next day, I got there early and got in line for an ukulele. Then the next day, I decided I wanted to buy one, and nice. they had to, they had a really really nice um, concert ukulele available, and I picked it up, got a good deal, and haven't put it down uh, since. Can I interrupt for just a second here? Sure. sure. Um, what happened with Chuck is we actually manufacture our own ukuleles. Whoa. And yeah, what what how that came about was on these cruises, whenever we get to port and, and our classes are huge. Our classes run fifty, sixty, seventy people sometimes. And we would get to port and everyone would say, Brian, Rowena, you guys come shopping with us. We want to buy an ukulele. Will you help us? Mm. I mean, how do you go shopping with sixty people? <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So we began manufacturing our own line of ukulele. Uh, and that's what Chuck purchased. At first, he purchased the concert, uh, which is a smaller size ukulele. Soprano. Uh, Chuck, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. no, you got the soprano first, right? Soprano, yeah, then I traded up for the concert. It, it's just beautiful, varnished, um, just a gorgeous ukulele. Um, the koa. And, Did you get the koa? You got the koa. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And, um, and so I, I continued with all of the classes. It really was the highlight of the cruise was getting together every every sea day with all the folks in the in the class, and we'd all play along. Some of us would sing, and we got to be fairly good. Last day of the um, last sea day of the cruise, we had a concert where the rest of the um, uh, passengers were invited to be in the audience for us. That's exciting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Very exciting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, so I, I, um, I met up with Brian and Rowena, uh, a few weeks later at, um, in Las Vegas. Where and, I saw um, you, you snuck off. I remember. That's correct. And, and we, um, we talked about just the idea of doing a group cruise because, you know, I, I, I'm a musician already. I played piano since I was a little kid. So I picked up all of the musicality of it. And I felt a little bit held back by the people who are picking up an instrument for the first time. And I said, well, why don't we look at doing something where we might be able to have a more advanced mm-hmm. uh, set of instructions so that people are not feeling held back and might be able to to really push themselves along a little better. And we set up this, uh, this cruise. What, what was important to us on this was 
we wanted to get away from the the fact that if you wanted to do Kalele, you had to do a Hawaii cruise, mm. and those are fourteen or fifteen day cruises and fairly expensive. Mm-hmm. What we wanted to do was see if we could do just a shorter cruise mm-hmm. that's not going to cost as much money. Even if it's not going to Hawaii, we can set up time on the sea days for doing the instruction. Nice. So we've got a seven day cruise. It's going out of Los Angeles. Angeles. There are three ports of call, uh, Cabo San Lucas, De Mazalan, and Puerto Vallarta. And that's leaving three sea days. Yeah. And we've really made some intensive um, uh, class schedule for that so that we could do two 45-minute classes in the morning, two 45-minute classes in the afternoon, and in doing so, we've got more ukulele classes than you would get on the whole 14 or 15 day Hawaii cruise. Mm, okay. That's great. And it costs a lot less. Nice. Right. And the thing, the, the problem we have with the Hawaii cruise, the 15 day Hawaii cruises is like Chuck said, um, you get one ukulele class, one 45-minute segment on every sea day. And we have such a mix of uh, a range of players. We have players that have been on the Hawaii cruise a dozen times at least, and they bring their ukuleles and they play. And then we've got oh, several dozen that have never picked up an instrument before. Mm-hmm. So we're working double time. I mean, I'm in the audience. Brian is usually up mm-hmm. on the stage for the most part. And I'm running back and forth, especially between the newbies, to get them uh, to be able to proficiently play at least three chords while we have those that have been uh, on the Hawaii cruise, you know, 10, 12, 20 times, mm-hmm. taking that class over and over again. Um, and so we have such a range, and usually at the end of two weeks, we kind of get them to meet somewhere in the middle. But it's like Chuck said, those that are musically inclined or those that have been playing ukulele, uh, whether at home or on a cruise ship, they're not making the progress that they, they could mm-hmm. uh, if there was a, a class that was more geared to um, someone above that beginner level. Does that now, make sense? Yeah, 100%. But before we move on to my next question, I want to give you, Rowena and Brian, a chance to introduce yourselves. So, Rowena and Brian, uh, before we get to, you know, the end, please uh, give us an introduction. Okay, I can do that now. Um, well, first of all, let me say aloha. Uh, my name is Rowena Vasquez, and my husband, Brian, is, uh, are you there, honey? I'm here. <laughs> Chuck, say aloha, Brian. <laughs> aloha, Brian. Aloha, Megan. <laughs> aloha, all. Um, well, we are uh, Hawaiian ambassadors uh, for Princess Cruise Lines. Uh, currently, uh, up until now, we've worked solely on Princess. But just recently... Uh, we received a contract, so we will be on Carnival as well. I think they're testing the waters with us, and hopefully they'll like us. Uh, but until uh, up until now, we've been mainly with Princess. And with Princess, as their ambassadors, uh, we look at it as our job to, uh, I'd like to say we're purveyors of aloha. Mm-hmm. Uh, we reach out with our aloha um, to work with people, to teach them about our islands. 
And part of teaching them about the islands, of course, is we do ukulele classes, and it's a beginner class as well as a beginner hula class, hula basics. We teach arts and crafts. Uh, we entertain. We lecture all about Hawaii, all different things uh, that has to do with Hawaii. And that is the cruise that most of the ukulele instruction takes place. However, we have done uh, Tahiti, New Zealand, Samoa, uh, Fiji, Australia, Japan. Uh, we've done other. Oh. Uh, we've we've taught Hawaiiana uh, to other destinations, and mainly because Hawaii is getting to be very popular all over again, uh, all over the all over the world. You see ukulele clubs there everywhere, uh, not just in the United States, but we see them in Australia, Mexico. Um, uh, Europe, Great Britain has many ukulele clubs and uh, hula halau or hula schools. So Hawaii is becoming very, very popular what is, in that respect. There's Go ahead. really any ukulele clubs, much of them in Hawaii. Oh, yes. There's more ukulele clubs everywhere else in the world than we have in Hawaii. <laughs> That's because you, Hawaii is the club. <laughs> That's right. Hawaii is the club. And actually in Hawaii, ukulele usually gets passed down uh, from family member to family member as opposed to going outside of the home for, for instruction. Hmm. Uh, in the past, um, many of the chords and the progression patterns were family-specific. In oh. other words, families had their own styles, and those styles would pass down from family member to family member versus being taught outside of the home. So the teaching of ukulele was family member to family member. So you could actually listen to songs and you could know that that was a specific family because that was their really style of playing. Yeah, quite yeah. interesting. And actually to this day, we still see some of that. Uh, we can still listen to somebody uh, play or, you know, a YouTube video. We can hear it or hear something on the radio and know where that family uh style came from, what part, what island or what part of the island or what that family name is, because you hear it as it resonates through their music. Okay, Brian, uh, no pressure. I know you must be near that ukulele, so will you play something traditional from your heritage for us? Um, yeah. Be happy to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Let's see here. Incredible! I did. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that, and that was amazing. Thank you. 
Wow. And one of the things that we had talked about in for the, the ukulele instruction is getting a little more into picking. Uh, that's playing the individual strings as opposed to strumming. So some of those uh, classes are going to involve picking as well as the strumming. Right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I... I you know, I, I want to make it easy for everybody because really um, there's stories I hear on the ship that people have been taking classes for years and never really got ahead of, you know, never got to where they wanted to be playing the ukulele until they came to our classes and I made it easy I tried to make it easy for everyone, you know. And uh, as for the picking and strumming, you know, I won't be using any, you know, terms that nobody can understand. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to try to make it so that it's all numbered, you know. Yeah. You know, so, and easy. That's, That's my goal is try to... Trying to find an easier way for people to learn. We got your back, Brian. <laughs> well, and I think that that's probably the key. Um, you know, we find that to be the key in everything we do. You know, whether it's ukulele, like it's going to be in this cruise, or hula, it's just finding the way to bring it down to a level that everyone can understand. So often what we see out here in the world is, when someone who is quote unquote an expert or very good at what they do, when they try to teach that to someone who knows nothing about whatever that topic is, they come from a place of sheer complication mm-hmm, <laughs> and, and instead of breaking it down. And I think that that's part of one of our successes that we've had uh, teaching ukulele in the large groups. Like I said, you know, we'll have 50, 60, 70 students. I think, Chuck, we had a very large crowd with you. Uh, yes. We probably had over 70 to wow. 80 people on the stage at the very end, and they could all play. I mean, nobody was playing air ukulele at that point. Everyone <laughs> that's was true. actually strumming. And that's um, part of that is, is just breaking it down uh, and, and giving people the ability to learn and not cluttering their minds with the technical parts of playing the ukulele. That can come in time. If you learn to love the instrument in the very beginning, then from there it's easy to progress to the next stage. And then maybe later on down the line, then you can learn all the, the technical parts of the ukulele and why it does what it does. All that's really unimportant in playing the instrument uh, when you start out. That's why, at, you know, in the beginning of the class, I tell everyone, I can almost guarantee them that they'll be playing, a, they can, they would have the ability to play more than a hundred songs by the end of the two weeks. That's awesome. So, and, and we've made, and we've made that come true every single time. <laughs> okay, so let me, so that, so we're referencing right now, the two weeks, we're referencing the Hawaii itineraries. But when we're talking about this next itinerary, is this open to beginners or you're encouraging people that have previous musical ability uh, to come mostly? Well, we'd like them to know what three basic chords? 
three basic chords. If if they can play three basic chords, we can take it from there and elevate their. Well, they'll elevate it. We'll just give them the tools to elevate their mm-hmm. their playing experience. Uh, it's really not a beginner class. This is more of an extension. If anyone has had our class on a Hawaii cruise or one mm-hmm. of the other cruises, if they've had that beginner class, this class can pick up right from there and, and move them forward. Now, even if someone has not had any of our beginner classes, but they already play the ukulele and their... Um, or guitar. Uh, or guitar. Or guitar. And they're back, what we call backyard strummers or garage strummers. Um, then they could easily walk into the class and... and what we're trying to avoid is that the first couple of lessons on the long cruise, you're spent learning one, one chord the first time and learning how to strum, and then you add another chord, and then just changing chords from one to the other is a mechanical thing of your fingers that you have to learn how to do. So what we'd like is people get past that point, and then we can take them at a much higher speed. Okay, great. In other words, if, if, yeah, if, if they have to ask me uh, or Brian, but usually I'm the one out in the audience, if, if somebody has to ask me, how do I hold the ukulele, <laughs> then this review yeah. is not the class for them. <laughs> okay, so this comes with some homework, but this is great. This is good. There's, I'm sure that on YouTube, do you guys have YouTube videos? I'm sure that there are YouTube videos uh, that can instru- show you. Not instructional videos, but there are quite a bit. There, we don't have any uh, beginner instructional videos on, on YouTube, but there are quite a few uh, by other random players. Okay, so what so are the three it, cores they need to learn? Honey, do you want to take that? C, F, and G. And G, or G7, actually. I think G7 before G. C, F, G7. Okay, C, F, and G7. Brian, is that the consensus? Yeah, most of the, most, you know, most of the time, if they can play C, F, and G7, they can play other chords, too, so. Then the rest of the chords become easy. Um, Okay, great. And so it's just moving back and forth between those. Okay, perfect. All right, so learn C, F, and G7, and, you know, for bonus points, throw in a G, you're good. All right. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned that uh, this cruise is going to be on Ruby Princess, which is really a beautiful ship. Mm-hmm. And it was built about 10 years ago, but it was in a dry dock just a couple of years ago. So it's fully refurbished and uh, just really one of the best ones of, of the Princess ships. And it's home ported down in Los Angeles. Ah. So does an easy have, flight from really anywhere in the country to get to L.A. Does she have the um, ocean medallion? No, not yet. Oh, man. No. Yeah, waiting, that's, a, that's a program kind of on hold with Princess while they're working out the bugs on the on the ships that do have it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I was talking to Matt you know, about it last week. Yeah, probably a year or two away from a much larger rollout. Okay. Now, do you guys have any special port activities planned or that's yet to be determined? I know this cruise came together fairly recently, so maybe it's a little too early for that. We're we're allowing people to uh, take part in any of the, um, the shore excursions that Princess 
offers. Um, so it's it's pretty much free time in the ports at Cabo San Lucas. I have a favorite little lobster restaurant mm. that is an outdoor Stop patio it. type place, <laughs> and it's incredibly cheap. So I will probably invite people to join me there. It's a short walk from the from the port. Um, aside from that, we're um, we'll just encourage people on the the shore excursions that Princess offers. Now here's a here's. Go ahead, Romanico. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things that I've learned um, from being on the cruise ship, you know, week after week after week, and seeing some of the specialty cruises come on, is I notice that people that come in on the group tours, the ones that are uh, have group activities from morning to night, those people always express how they wish that they could take part in all the other things that yeah. are being offered as well mm-hmm. um, because then they, they miss out on that experience. So one of the reasons we decided to do what we do is so that people can have the best of both worlds. They can have the ukulele workshops that we'll be offering as well as have time to choose some of the other activities on the sea days and then have the ability to go off on their own uh, on the ports. But I have to say, Chuck knows all the best places to eat anywhere he goes. <laughs> you just, you want to eat somewhere, you ask Chuck. <laughs> he knows where to eat. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this seems to be a trend among travel professionals. I mean, we, we get him on the show and they're like, and let me tell you about this place to eat because, you know, we, we go a lot of places, we experience a lot of restaurants and there's not worth talking about the bad ones. So there you go. And if I could just say the best food on a princess ship or a carnival ship is at the chef's table, which is usually offered only once or twice per cruise, and you have to reserve ahead. So if you're going on any princess or carnival cruise, not not just talking about uh, this special one we're doing, if you if you love food, uh, reserve that on the first day so that you're, you're sure to get that. All right. Next Tuesday, well, was, that's me. I'm going to do it. I, I was, yeah, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, all of you, you must be Hawaiian because in Hawaii, one of the things that we say is it's all about the food. We <laughs> love to eat. <laughs> that's so funny. I actually made um, Hawaiian chicken kebabs, which was, you know, basically, um, Pineapple puree with um, soy sauce, something like that, and tomato base and yeah, like ginger. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then I I skewered pineapple and uh, and and red onions, and I grilled the and you know stick them to grill. And people are like, "This is so good," but it's just you know a different flavor. But it's amazing. It's different. It's very. I'm in England right now. If I didn't tell you that, so mm-hmm. it's very oh. unique for this culture anyway. But it was fantastic. So. There you go. You know, I didn't give uh, yet the um, the website address in case anyone drops off on listening to it early. Um, it's ukuleleloverscruises.com, dot com, mm. and that'll get you right to the page ukuleleloverscruises.com. dot com. Great, and I will put that in the show notes. So if you go to, you know, this, you might be listening from the website, but if not, it's Travel Radio Online. It looks funny because there's two O's in a row, but it's travelradioonline.com. And in the show notes will be links to Chuck's website, to the ukulele cruise, to Brian and Rowena's page, 
everything you need will be there. And um, we're one. if you wanted to send me information on your ukulele manufacturing, we'll put that up there too. Um, All right. Uh, just before I forget, we had we have um, a gal that talks about uh, quilting cruises on this program on occasion, and they ha- found mm-hmm. a quilting society that they didn't exchange with when they got into ports. So I don't know if there's any in these ports you're going to, but maybe there's a ukulele mm. club that you guys could do a swap with or something and play for each other. That could be neat. Just throwing it out there, you know, brainstorming. Definitely something to look for. Yeah. Now, um, anything guests can do to prepare other than learn their three chords? Any resources you recommend to them? What should they be doing ahead of time? Changing strings. Oh, Is they going to get a work? <laughs> Make sure you got good strings on your... <laughs> well, and that would probably be something that I would say, especially, you know, most of the players are going to be somewhat seasoned who are coming on this cruise. So bring an extra set of strings. Nice. Oh, and also, also, you know what? If you don't play your ukulele, your fingers kind of lose their calluses. Um, So be sure, like, spend the month before the cruise um, playing so that your fingers are conditioned for, um, what are we doing, 12, 12 ukulele classes once we're on the ship. Okay, great. And Chuck, give us the dates one more time on this. Oh, yeah, I don't think I ever, ever right. did. That's so why I want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The, um, the cruise departs on Saturday, January 12th, 2019. Mm-hmm. Comes from Los Angeles. There is a sea day. And then on Monday, we'll be in Cabo San Lucas. And, um, and then Tuesday, Mazatlan, Wednesday, Puerto Vallarta. So we get to know each other on that Sunday with four classes. So two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Then three sea days. I mean, sorry, three port days. And then two more sea days, Thursday and Friday. And we're trying to work out being able to do a performance where we invite the um, rest of the passengers on the ship. That's still tentative, but I think that's going to um, uh, come to be. And then we return to Los Angeles on Saturday the 19th. So it's a seven-night cruise. And um, um, I think it's going to be a blast. Okay. What is deposit like? When is it Dubai? Okay. So with pricing right now, I've got group rates that are available. Mm-hmm. And right now, sale prices are a little better than our group pricing. When the sale is over, regular price might be a little bit higher than what we've got on the group. So what I'm able to do is either book at the group rates, which makes your deposit fully refundable up until the final payment date, or we can book you at the sale prices and the deposit, in most cases, it's 20%. That deposit then on a sale price is usually Mm non-refundable. So you'd have... And if you want fully refundability, then we'll go with the group rates. We can save you a little bit of money if you don't mind um, uh, committing to the cruise and not having um, uh, refundability on your deposit. Okay, great. 
Um, is there and anything? Think, Go ahead, Rowena. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. What, what I was going to say is I think it's really important for um, the potential sailors to know that in order to take part with us uh, and the workshops is they will have to book through Chuck because I know that there are some that have their deposits already with Princess. They you know, put their deposit down before the cruise is over. Um, but it's really important that in order to participate in this advanced workshop class, um, they must book with On The Way Travel. Look into the group. And if people do group. have a future cruise deposit on file with Princess, we are certainly able to apply that. It's just that the booking has to begin with us. Okay. Okay, great. All right, so general uh, passenger, general uh, population on the ship are not, this is not open to the public. You must be a part of the group. So um, if you are interested in the ukulele cruise, please contact On The Way Travel. Chuck will take care of you. Great. All right, before we move off of ukulele stuff, sorry, ukulele stuff, is there (laughs) anything I forgot to mention or anything you guys would like to talk about? Well, even if you won't be participating in our class, our aloha is free. (laughs) That's right. That is sweet. Thank you. Now, Chuck, this is a question for you. Would you tell us a great success story, a funny story, or a situation that might have gone slightly wrong, but that you were able to triumph in for your clients? This is going to give us a picture of you as a travel professional. Uh, well, I always like to look back to when I was uh, new as a travel agent, and I had a uh, a young couple just got married, and they didn't have a lot of money, but I was able to book them on a three-day cruise out of Los Angeles, and they were on this, it was an old ship, your typical tin can, um, but they spent maybe $125 a person on wow. their cruise. So they didn't spend a lot of money. They didn't get a beautiful cruise ship, but they got, they got a cruise. They enjoyed the cruise. However, two days into it, I got a phone call from them saying, you know what? They've lost our luggage. <gasps> no. And, and we still, we haven't had a change of clothes, uh, anything you could do about it. And I, contacted the cruise line and they said well we can't really do anything about it while the ship is out at sea so i got the phone number the ship to shore number and i called the ship and i got a hold of the purser's desk and i said look you got to find their luggage they said we found it it's in somebody's cabin (gasps) but they haven't been back to their cabin since the beginning I said, well, get somebody there and and open up that door, get them their luggage so that they could change their clothes. They said, well, we have to wait until the guests go back, but we are trying to contact them. We're paging them. Uh, in the meantime, they set them up with um, a change of clothes and specialty dinner and stuff like that and really treated them like royalty but uh, it's ever since then I've decided I'm a bulldog for my clients when something goes wrong that's when you really need a travel agent yeah for real I 
I, I have to ask, did they get their luggage before the three-day cruise ended? Or yes. Did they get their luggage on the day of the <laughs> No, they got, the they, got um, they got all their stuff by the last day. I mean, they had one night with their luggage and, oh. um, and then the cruise line refunded them for their cruise and gave them a credit towards their next cruise. So we always, you know, they, they always try to make good when they have to and, and no cruise line wants to fail like that. And I, I really feel like they did their best to, um, to help them out. Oh, but wow. Only- and that- they contacted me. I'm not afraid to complain for them. They were they were a little bit timid about about keep going up to the purser's desk. I'm not afraid of that. I think that that's the most wonderful thing about cruising is that you know, on a cruise ship, people are on there for more than one day. If you fly somewhere, you're only on that flight for five, six hours, ten hours maybe, and the steward or stewardess only has to deal with you for that period of time. Yeah. But on a cruise ship, you're there for days on end. And the cruise ships that we've been on, they've been really wonderful about um, helping people, helping people to solve whatever the issue is. And, of course, it's because they have to see them day after day. <laughs> and so we have found uh, we're actually on... One cruise that was coming back from Hawaii and we were, it was uh, San Francisco to Hawaii and back to San Francisco again. And the tender door had sustained some damage. So we had to turn around and go back to Hawaii. Oh. Of course, I know, ah, actually that morning, (laughs) the captain gets, the captain gets on the loudspeaker and he says, uh, he explains the situation that we've had some damage from the storm of that night and that they were working rapidly to correct the problem. And everybody, you could just see everybody on the ship, their faces drop, like, oh, no. (laughs) And so then everyone walks around and pins and needles for about half an hour. And then the captain gets back on the loudspeaker and he says, well, I regret to inform you, but we cannot continue on with our journey to San Francisco because of the damage. Hmm. And you hear everybody gasp. And then a second later, he says, "So we're returning to Hawaii," and the whole ship goes, "Yay!" That's awesome. (laughs) And and you know the ship worked miracles. We returned to Hawaii. They put uh, so it ended the cruise a little bit early. The ship itself turned into a floating hotel for three days. Mm -hmm. The uh, Princess Cruise Lines then worked hard to reschedule everyone's flights back home, put them up if necessary. And so they ended up flying everyone back home, and they gave them uh, credits for uh, their cruise. And so a lot of people walked away um, in an incredible uh, cruising position because of the credits that they received. It was just, it was really amazing what they did. I, I thought it was fabulous. People. Princess Cruises, you're getting some pretty good plugs here, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could give one more plug. Go ahead. As uh, early on there, I took money from my 401k and I bought uh, Carnival Corporation stock. Princess is, of course, owned by Carnival Corporation. And um, if you have a hundred shares of Carnival, mm-hmm. then you get onboard credit anytime you sail with Carnival, Cunard Lines, Princess, P 
P&O, um, Silver Sea, um, and I think one other cruise line. So you'll get these onboard credits, and it's it's the best performing stock I've ever had. Plus, the money that you get in onboard credits is even better than dividends that that um, uh, Class A stocks will provide. I am also a Carnival shareholder at 100 stocks, and I love it. So not that yep. we're giving out advice because we're not qualified to do that. So everyone should know that. <laughs> it's big travel advice. <laughs> we just love our own stocks. We love our own stocks. All right. Well, how about um, Rowena and Brian? Do you guys have a best or most memorable meal that you would like to talk about? We as you know, like to talk food on this podcast. So it doesn't have to be the best meal. It could be a crazy meal. Go ahead. Oh, honey, do you have a meal you would like to talk about? Japan. Japan. Oh, yes. We love Japan. Mm. (laughs) You know, in Hawaii, we are uh, very diverse. We call ourselves the melting pot of the world because we have so many different uh, cultures that have come together. And when you live on a small island, of course, you have to be able to get along with everyone else because you see them in the grocery store, at the beach, wherever you go. Getting bigger by the minute. Oh, yes, it is. Right now, it is getting bigger. Land is being added to our island, uh, which is we're from oh. Hawaii Island, this big island, where the volcano is currently erupting. Hmm. Um, and so we have a lot of uh, Japanese. The Japanese came over as migrant workers to work in the pineapple fields. So Princess called us up, and uh, they put us on a cruise uh, through the Japan Islands. We were on that ship for three months. Wow. And the very first time, very first port we hit, uh, we went into town. We wanted to eat some raw fish, some sushi, some Japanese food. So we popped into this restaurant. It looked like a really nice restaurant. It was. The food was actually very good. And uh, things in Japan can be very costly. And this meal was very costly. Um, but we enjoyed it. We, I mean, you know, we love our food, so we enjoyed it. The next stop we get to, and I don't know how we discovered it, but below a uh, below. The buildings in Japan, they have a lot of, uh, in the big cities, a lot of uh, very tall buildings that have, their shopping centers are in these these buildings along with the offices and et cetera. But if you take any one of those buildings, they all have basements. If you go down into the basements, there's one huge basement that connects all of these buildings together on a block. And in the basement are fish markets and places to eat. And that's where... All of the local people eat. The people who work in in in, in the buildings or the the local townspeople, they know to go down in the basement that they can get fresh fish, fresh mm. uh, and other places to eat. So once we discovered that, and what we discovered, of course, is the price to eat down there was oh so much cheaper than eating up on sea level or up on the ground level. Sure. And so wherever we'd stop, we head right down to the basement, and we would eat our we ate our way through Japan. <laughs> yeah, literally ate our way through Japan. I, I was I got on that ship as a size thirty four, thirty six. <laughs> in that, I got off the ship in a thirty eight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> we, we actually, I had to put him into a wheelchair and wheel him off. <laughs> <laughs> a wheelbarrow for his gut. Nice. Yes, a wheel. Well, I, I tried to be more dignified instead of putting him in the wheelbarrow <laughs> in the wheelchair. <laughs> Our very first guest was Matthew Walgren, and he, and he had just come back from Japan, and his story was about a street market, and his memorable meal was eating a sparrow on a stick. And Sparrow on a stick. Yeah, and I, I mean, he's pretty adventurous. I wouldn't have done it, but, you know, he said the flavor was all right. The head was a little crunchy, but, you know, flavor, all right. So there you I'll go. never look at Matt the same. <laughs> just go to episode one. It's his face eating a sparrow right there. It's just, oh. <laughs> so, so he got off the ship singing three little birds, huh? Something like that, <laughs> or at least one, or two little, two left to go. Um all right, well, guys, this is sometimes I do this part of the podcast that works out well. Sometimes it doesn't, but um, if you guys want to ask me a question, you're welcome to. Hmm. Chuck, do you have any questions for Megan? I'm just interested in the interaction that you have with um, the listeners to the podcast. Um, do people uh, contact you, or is there any kind of a conversation? Yeah, sometimes there is, and sometimes it's like I'm talking to outer space, but um, I get a lot of, uh, through, um, like, through Twitter is a, is a lot of where I get a lot of interaction, um, and it's usually a, like a compliment, like, that was a great recording, but if someone wanted to, like, leave me a review on iTunes, that would be, like, super helpful to me, uh, because it tells the bean counters that this is worth listening to. And, um, and that's, and that's the kind of thing I get from, um, listeners is that, you know, that was a really great interview and I was specifically looking for that type of travel advice or I was looking for that destination. So that's great. But then I also get, and this has happened four times, I've gotten people asking me how they can become a travel professional. And of course I point them to, uh, my host agency, which is Ticket to Travel, and yours also, because it's fantastic, and also to Travel Professional Academy, which is a training place and uh, for travel agents, not necessarily in uh, travel training, because there's other places that do that, but it's in business training for travel professionals, and they're fantastic over there. Uh, so that's the kind of feedback that I get, but I would love to have funny stories from listeners, because I get them, but I get them in like conversation, but I would love to have it recorded. So if you wanted to call the Google voice line and help a sister out, that'd be fantastic. And that's what uh, I know. We, I have a funny story, but it can't be told on air. <laughs> <laughs> call and leave, me, leave it to me anonymously. <laughs> You're just a tease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. All right, guys, thank you so much for being on the program. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys being on here. And, um, again, if you wanted to call the listener feedback line, that would be fantastic. Um, and, of course, if you think this podcast content merits a review on wherever you're listening or downloading this from, that would be greatly appreciated. And until next week, this is Megan Chapa of Travel Radio Podcast saying good night. Aloha. Aloha.
Sharing is caring. Pass along the word to a friend. This and other exceptional podcasts can be found at travmarketmedia.com.